0: You know, one of the MCU properties that's been coming that, honestly, I haven't been paying a lot of attention to Uh because I honestly don't find it that interesting is the What If animated series. Now, I will say, though, back at the last D23 that Disney had, they showed some footage from it. That felt like it was a couple of years ago now, but they showed some footage from it. And I'm like, all right, all right, check it out. I watched the trailers, and, and the trailers didn't do a whole bunch for me. But then again, you know, the trailers for Up never did a lot for me. The trailers for Coco never did a lot for me. And I ended up loving those things, right? Oh so, gosh, yeah. So last night, and, and Disney even sent me the first three episodes of What If? And I just didn't watch them. <laughs> so oh, come on, man. I just didn't watch them. <laughs> so last night I decided, oh, you know what, I'll watch the first episode because the first episode dropped last night. And we're going to watch it. So I sat down and watched it. Eh. You weren't. I wasn't impressed. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do any better. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, here's, look. The The one they led off with was agent with uh, Captain Carter, I should okay.
1: say. Okay, the Captain Carter one. Is that the one they first. led
0: off with. And you got to understand, I love the Peggy Carter character.
1: Yeah. I love I mean,
0: I'll still call her Agent Carter because that's what the name of her show was. I still, I love the Peggy Carter character. I love when she even pops up as old lady Peggy Carter. I love when she pops up the beginning of Ant-Man as semi old lady Peggy Carter. I love the Peggy Carter show. I mean, I I like Pe- Peggy Carter. I didn't Carter. know
1: about these. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. So
0: here's the thing though. The concept of what if is, you know, okay, what if things went a little bit different? And that's exactly what it was. So, I mean, and this like this image that you guys are seeing in front of you right now, this is, of course, a replay of the classic image from the first Captain America movie where him and his troop burst through the door, guns blazing, right? Only this time, instead of Steve Rogers there, it's Peggy Carter. And that really was the whole gist of the show. It's like, okay, take Captain America, the first Avenger, but at the point where Cap, where Steve Rogers becomes Cap, Peggy Carter had to get into the chamber and she becomes Captain Carter. And then from there on out, change a few situations around, but instead of Steve Rogers, it's her. And it's like, so it, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I didn't I didn't dislike it. Yeah, you know, there's it's not like I watched and went, oh, that sucked. No, it, it didn't suck. It's not bad. I just remember watching it and then thinking to myself, was this worth staying up till midnight to watch watching Loki was worth staying up till midnight to watch watching Falcon, and the winter soldiers worth staying up to midnight to watch watching Wanda was worth staying up to midnight to watch. Oh yeah. And I'm not going to be doing that for the rest of what if I, yeah. I, I'm just not it's like, okay, I get it. It's, it's, it's a cute little novelty where they swap in or swap out a couple of things. And there you go. It's not bad. If you've got an, some time to kill in the afternoon and you want to watch something, yeah, give it a watch. How'd you like the animation?
1: Uh, the Was animation wasn't it, bad. It, from the trailers, it, lo- it looks very unique.
0: It's it's very distinct. It's a very distinct style of animation, and it, it didn't bother me. It's like not like say Invincible, where I love the show, but the animation is pretty Walmart <laughs> animation. <laughs> Um, again, better than I'd ever be able to do. This was much better than that. So it's, it's a very unique style of animation. And, and, you know, uh, uh Steve Barosa in the live chat says it just the way I'll say it. It was fine. It was fine. You know, it, it, it's no Incredibles. It's no, you know, the ones I mentioned before that I didn't wasn't crazy about the thing. It's no up.
1: It's no Coco. The dialogue, the story wasn't, nah. didn't move you. It was just kind of like. Yeah, I, again, it's about a half hour Kinda long. Kind of like a friend describing to you, hey, what if this happened? And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, what if? Interesting uh, concept, but there really but it's wasn't. it's not like, whoa, what a what an idea? Oh, there boo. just really wasn't much to do with
0: it. Now, listen, every what if will be unique. So maybe the next one will be different, but I'm just watching him like, okay, so if this is the basic idea. We're just going to, you know, instead of this guy doing it, this person does it. It's like, okay, but I've, seen this before and it's all right it's not bad i have nothing i don't have anything bad to say about it it's just that it was like i don't think i plan on watching any more of them oh really yeah i, I just it's just not worth my time oh. i don't know where's your anticipation level been for i'm really uh, for
1: whatever. excited for it i'm really <laughs> excited for it, especially because marvel's done such a wonderful job with all the many characters that there are and there are a lot we're invested. I'm invested in all of them. So the idea of kind of seeing how would Drax do in this situation? How would Peggy do in, in these shoes? How right. would um, you know, so I I look forward to that. And so I'm actually excited for it. But now I'm like, I'm I'm still excited, but now my hopes are not as here. You know what would have worked better? Were. Here's what
0: would have worked better. Because what happens is the story pit pretty much starts off with the events that lead to Peggy having to jump in the chamber instead of Steve, right? And so she comes out as the super soldier. And then what they did from there was just walk through kind of the events of Captain America the First Avenger with certain things have changing and whatever, but it was pretty much the same. What would have been more interesting, I think, is if they started the show with showing the events of her having to get into the chamber and then in a one-minute montage saying... Peggy Carter then went on to help defeat Hydra and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. and then started with after the defeat of Hydra.
1: And and just give us, if
0: they just said, okay, so now Peggy Carter, Captain Carter helped defeat and helped win the war, but her exploits were not over yet. And if then they picked up right after the war where she Mm. was going on some other mission now, if they had done that, I think it would have been a lot more interesting. I like that idea. I I like that idea.
1: I mean, I think it's interesting also because there's such great character development in uh, the Avengers series that it's so specific because Steve being Captain America was so important because he started out so small he started out as that mighty guy that's so small in stature but his heart is just larger than life so to see someone else like unless they're gonna start unless it's gonna be like a little itty bitty peggy you know (laughs) then it's 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 kind of a whole different story just like different shoes because the characters in in the movies that we know and love their story is so central to their personality and who yeah. they are. It's not like, and I saw some debate about like, oh, anyone could have played Iron Man. And it's like, well, it it's really boils down to that personality and, and their story. And so that's why I'm, I'm very interested to see how would this person handle this or this yeah. person and handle again, that. And again, I'm so, not trying to dissuade anybody from yeah. checking
0: out because like I said, I didn't hate it. And I think, I think it will, it like, was it's, mad. it's all subjective. It's definitely going to appeal to a bunch of people, um, not everybody, because I'm hearing a lot of mediocre reaction from it, but, but some people are going to really quite like it. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm not trying, I, if you were thinking about checking it out, I'm not trying to dissuade you from that. Definitely go and check it out. I'm just saying it, it didn't thrill me.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Sure. Because I guess I've read that Marvel is developing their own animation. Animation studio, yes. So- is this kind of not, I mean, obviously not all the reviews are in. It's been on for what, what is it? 10 hours now. Um, do you think this is not a good jumping off point to their animation division of like, look for our first animation, people should be like, wow, that was dope. Instead of like, that was all right. You know, like, is this a bad omen for their animation? I don't know. Uh, I, look,
0: it's one episode yeah. of their first property.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Again, to me, if this is their execution of the what if concept, mm-hmm. eh. But that doesn't mean they can't have other stories and other concepts that they do. That couldn't be great. So I wouldn't think this is a negative outlook on what they can do well, with that's animation. Great. So yeah, that's I don't good. know. And again, let me emphasize because I know a bunch of people are going to start, wow,
1: can't be a hated what if. I didn't hate it. It's It's all right. It's all right. I just... But sometimes all right is not. It's just not. Because here's the thing some of our, our the films that have gone down in history, it's because people either loved it yeah. or hated it. Yeah. The meh goes into the fog, and that can be a problem. So I'm going to have to check this out when I get home. Do. I'm have do to see check how it, it out. Goes. I would be curious to know your thoughts on it. Yeah. Anyway, guys, the question is for you
0: Did you have a chance to check out the first episode of Marvel's new What If? Captain Carter. It is a character that I love. If so, what did you guys think about it? Jump on down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campus Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You guys come up with our topic. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you think we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campius Show. With that down, let's get into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by Sean. And Sean writes, Hey, John and crew. I noticed tickets went on sale for Reminiscence today. That's the new Hugh Jackman film. And that got me wondering, why is there so little buzz for this movie? It's got a great cast, a cool setting, and mind-bending plot, all the hallmarks of a memorable movie-going experience. But... There is seemingly no chatter or excitement for this movie anywhere. Is this one doomed to fall through the cracks and flop hard when it releases next week? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, look, I believe it opens on August 20th. I think the the opening date for Reminiscence is August 20th. Now, look, whenever you have something that says starring Hugh Jackman, it's going to get our attention. I mean, it's Hugh Jackman. So, of course... It is very much a Christopher Nolan looking kind of film. Like if you watch the trailer, it very much felt like a Christopher Nolan film. It's not a Christopher Nolan film, but it's clearly carrying with it some Christopher Nolan uh, influences in there, if you will. Now, for those of you who don't know much about Reminiscence, uh, this is the synopsis that comes from HBO Max's website. From the co-creator of Westworld, Lisa Joy, uh, by by the way, I believe uh, Christopher Nolan's brother is They're one married. of the- they married, yeah. yeah the so there you go. Yeah. There's a little bit of the connection. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bannister, Hugh Jackman, is a private investigator of the mind who helps his clients access lost memories. But when he takes on May, played by the great Rebecca Ferguson, so you got a little bit of a greatest showman reunion there. Yes. As a client, a simple matter of lost and found becomes a dangerous obsession. So there's that- a uh, little synopsis there for the upcoming reminiscence from HBO. I think there are two reasons why we're not hearing any buzz. And and I don't think the person who wrote in the question says, I'm not hearing any buzz. I, I don't think he's wrong. I'm hearing zero buzz about this. Uh, two reasons. Number one. Well, three reasons. Let's start with the most minor of it yet. Mm-hmm. Minor reason number one, review embargo hasn't lifted. So okay. like so none of well, the outlets are even talking about this movie right now. And there's there's no news about it. There's nothing to talk about. So between, you know, the lack of there's no reviews out there yet, which is fine. I mean, the movie is still a little bit away. It's still like 8 or 9 days away. So there's no reason to talk about there. There's been no like developments cuz the movie's just sitting there waiting to be released. So the first thing is there's been no reason for chatter in the online space. Review embargo hasn't lifted yet. That could, that will probably change. Reason number two is we talked about this a little bit when we were discussing the reasons why Suicide Squad flopped, which is this is another Warner Brothers movie that's also releasing day and date on HBO Max. And to the average person, movies that are going straight to TV are lesser movies. I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not saying that's fair. But that is kind of the perception amongst the average viewer. It's not as
1: exclusive if I can get it.
0: Yeah, it, it, at it, home, it, it just you know, movies. We are there's still a lot of people who we are just bred to know that a movie that goes right to TV is less of a movie. That's just again, I'm oh, not that's saying that's fair. That, yeah, but that's one of them. I think the same thing came into play with uh, um, Suicide Squad. I think the same thing will come into play with Dune. Unfortunately. But honestly, I think the biggest reason there's so little buzz for reminiscence is the most simple one. It's a very forgettable trailer. It's it's not an engaging trailer. Somebody, I had more people ask me, so what's that, like, after seeing the trailer, after seeing the trailer, people ask me, what is this movie about again? And I'm like, I'm not even sure how to answer that question. And I've read up on the movie and I don't know how really if how to answer that question. If the trailer's good,
1: it could either, it's like Inception. When we first saw the trailer for that, there's two ways that could go. What is this movie about or what is this? this movie about yes that's what inception was like what the, i don't even know i can't even explain it. they were walking on the walls and then the guy did and then the world it just was upside down i don't know but, even but i want to buy a ticket even then they did a good job communicating it, that this it, is a
0: heist film exactly. of going within dreams exactly
1: i had no idea but i knew i wanted to see it but then there's like i have no idea and i just don't
0: know yeah and that's reminiscence i think a lot of people just watch that trailer it's like okay obviously it's there's a very sci-fi angle to this Obviously, there's a very artistic angle to this, but I don't know what it is I'm looking at. And that's how a lot of people felt looking at the trailer. And and it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Like, a lot of people looked. And I, that's one of the main reasons why I thought a brilliant movie, Blade Runner 2049, failed is because their marketing, nobody had any guess what that movie was about. The marketing just kept on saying, like, the marketing was so... What's the word I'm looking for? Um... When you, the marketing- Lackluster? No, it just said it had such a high opinion of itself. The movie had such a high, it's like the marketing had such a high opinion of itself. It's like, you don't need to know what this movie's about. It's Blade Runner. That should be good enough for you filthy And there's the a whole generation
1: that, you know, unless you were kind of of that generation or you're just a film lover that really, really loves films and knows about it, there's a lot of people that were like, I never saw Blade Runner. By the way,
0: Adnan- in the live chat came up with the word I was looking for. Thank you. Arrogant. The marketing was <laughs> air for the marketing for Blade Runner 2049 was That's arrogant, word, man. Um, but, and I, I don't sense that with reminiscence. It's just that again, it, there was nothing to be excited about for, I don't like you saw the trailer for reminiscence. Were you then jumping up and down, waiting to buy your tickets at
1: that point? No, I was not. Um, That's not to say I'm not excited and I don't want to see it, but um, depending on, I mean, this is an unfair example, but I am counting down the days for Spider-Man. And I know this is an unfair example. There are 128 days left until we get Spider-Man. But then there's other films like I've been waiting for green Knight*. Like, I had been waiting and waiting for Green Night. I had a lot of anticipation for it. Um, I'm not counting down the days for reminiscence, but I'll watch it. Oh, yeah, for sure. something that bummed me out, actually, was I was reading about it. And, you know, we've seen this a lot in minority report and surrogates where it's kind of this cerebral let's go into the idea of consciousness and memory be it the past or the future, and let's experiment and see where that goes with technology and time. And so you get a lot of those scenes that look like holograms, you know. And I was reading that they had developed this technology that is completely new in film. I still don't know what it is. And I feel like they should have explored that in a first look and kind of done this wait till you see this behind the scenes um, one-minute-and-45-second kind of video of, hey, we developed this new technology. Because from what I've read, it seems very interesting because usually the actors are responding to a green screen, to a tennis ball, um, and whenever you see that kind of hologram kind of thing. Except in this, whatever technology they developed, they're responding to it in real time. So they're, they're when they see the memories projected... Um, However, it is. And you see a little bit of it in the trailer. That's actually happening as they're filming. Right. And I think that's fascinating. And I love behind the scenes content. And I love like, here's a first look. It doesn't come out for a few months. But look at what we look at what we did. Look at the behind the scenes. I think that that was really missing because that would have made me go oh, I want to see what this is all about. But I'm like, you have a brand new technology and you didn't give us a behind the scenes or a first look to entice us a little bit more. So I think it falls down to the marketing. But here's the thing. Hugh Jackman is great. Yep, He brings the heart. He has great chemistry with um, Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah, <laughs> never. I, every time I think of her, I think of that song she sang. And, never enough. Never enough. John, you're here. You need that, to be here. That song is so <laughs> no, good. No, I don't need to talk because I don't need to sing either. But I love her. I love their chemistry together. I'm excited to see them together again. I love Thandi Newton and Lisa Joy. Look, she her writing she sends me into a tailspin. I got to tell you, maybe I'll sound a little dumb. I I love Westworld, to, but it lost me because I feel like I wasn't smart enough to understand it. <laughs> kind of <laughs> embarrassed to say that, but. She technically she's a Nolan. So, you know, she's bringing us that cerebral storytelling. So question
0: is for you guys. I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to go see this day one. It's Hugh Jackman. It's a sci-fi thing, but I mean, why do you guys feel there's not a lot of buzz going on right now for reminiscence? Are you feeling particularly buzzed for it? If so, why, if not, why not jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys with that down, Let's move on to main topic number two. And our second main topic today gets submitted to us by Patreon supporter, Joey McKay. And thank you for being a Patreon supporter, Joey. Appreciate that, man. All right. Joey writes, hello, John and company. Fresh off diving into another cultural universe in the Suicide Squad, it appears Idris Elba is adding video game movies to his repertoire. He seemed to hint via Instagram that he will be voicing Knuckles, the I don't even know how to say this. Et, 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 Achita? Sure, Achita? I'll go with that. I'm
1: sure someone in live chat's like, no. Nope. Uh, yeah, what are,
0: I'm not going to pretend <laughs> like I know how to say it. Like, I don't know. Cute. He's going to be playing Knuckles in the upcoming sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog. Given your surprise satisfaction with the first film and the addition of one of your favorite working actors, how does this casting change your excitement for the film? Thanks for all you do and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And by the way, uh, everybody in the live chat is trying to tell me how to pronounce it. Echidna. 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 There you go. Echidna. All right. And everybody put A as in the Canadian, Uh, (laughs) E-H. Thank you, everybody, for your cultural sensitivity for that. I appreciate that. Okay. So uh, Idris Elba looking like he's going to be doing the voice of Knuckles. So he hopped on social media and put up a picture of the Knuckles and kind of let the world know that Idris was going to be playing Knuckles. Right? So there you go. Now, this comes us from the folks over at Coming Soon who writes, The sequel to 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog movie wrapped earlier this year, but on Tuesday, actress Idris Elba took to his social media to reveal that he would be playing Knuckles in the upcoming film. The actor shared the news on Twitter, simply sharing a photo of Knuckles, closed fist with a message of knock knock accompanying it. So there you go. So the question then becomes does this make me more excited? No. It doesn't? No. Now look, um, let, let's let's say this. Way. I am already looking forward to Sonic 2. Yeah. Because the first Sonic was quite a pleasant surprise for me. I didn't think it was great. But I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. it. It was char. It had some big laughs. Like not totally consistent through the whole film, but there are moments in that movie where I I thought I was gonna have things coming out of my nose. I was laughing so hard. Like they had some, and the voice of uh, I just remember his name is John Ralphio and Park. Ben Park Schwartz. Sonic. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz doing the voice of Sonic was great. Heartwarming and hilarious. Heartwarming and hilarious. I love James Marsden. I've liked James Marsden ever since he first suited up as Cyclops in the first X-Men movie. Um, and I thought there, the two characters chemistry was great. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it and I'm looking forward to the next one. I am a big fan of Idris Elba ever since he was Stringer Bell in the wire. I mean, I've, I've just oh, been yeah. all on board with him, but for those of you guys who watch the show for any period of time, you know, I don't get particularly excited with a celebrity doing a voice in an animation thing. They it's literally, he's, he's going to go and show up to a sound booth somewhere in Hollywood for a day or two do his lines and then be done. (laughs) And it's okay. Easiest
1: paycheck in the industry. (laughs) There are
0: exceptions. There are totally exceptions to this because you know, who, how, how can you imagine anybody else other than Mike Myers doing Shrek? Right. How can you imagine anybody else other than Tim Allen doing buzz or, or Tom Hanks as Woody or there's, so there are a couple of those. There are a couple of those, but honestly, for the most part, I don't really care when they get a celebrity to do a voice. Frankly, um, I, eight times out of 10, I would rather them just get a professional animation voice actor who specifically and exclusively only trains and practices in bringing great vocal performances to an animated character like our own Chris Carr did, or she does, uh, like Chris Carr does. Normally, I prefer that. I understand the marketing appeal for it. And so, I don't get me wrong, I don't think this is bad news. It's Idris Elba. It's, it's in the Sonic thing. It's not bad news. Yeah. Does it make me more excited? No. I'm already quite looking forward to it. Uh, finding out Idris is doing a voice doesn't increase it, but it certainly doesn't take away from it. I don't know. You hear about this. What do you think?
1: It made me giggle because Knuckles is so small. And and um, Idris, he does great voice work. Uh, it, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Sing. I love that movie. Um, but his voice is, um, I just, first of all, I love his voice. But it's so deep and it's so smooth and silky. And this little like rodent having being like, <laughs> hey, how <are> you doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Um, I think it'll be kind of funny because his voice is just so deep for that little guy. I think. But you know what? He does great voice work. He did. What did he do? Shere Khan and jungle book like but he always does the voices that he does they're like of scary animals with a lot of suspense and suave and then you got this little guy and so i think it's actually gonna be kind of funny so that's
0: the one thing i i will give it he does have unlike some other celebrities he does have a very distinct voice. Yeah, I mean, he's got that Jeremy Irons ness to his yes, voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I will give it that. I certainly hope he keeps his accent.
1: Which I had a horrible Australian accent there, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I go go he, watch Sing. You get a better example. I hope he keeps-
0: <laughs> By the way, Noah Ag sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Noah. Appreciate that, man. Anyway, guys, the question for you is. What do you think about Idris Elba joining the Sonic sequel? Now, I'm already looking forward to the sequel. I got to admit, Idris joining it doesn't really increase it just because celebrities doing voice roles doesn't you know really turn my crank all that much, but maybe it does for you. He does have a very distinct voice. Does this increase your excitement for it? Are you excited about Sonic 2 at all in the first place? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic... Number three. And our third main topic today gets submitted to us by Captain Boomerang deserved better
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> um, with the suicide squad disappointing at the U S box office. Do you think Margot Robbie and Warner brothers will give up on making movies that feature Harley Quinn? I know you spoke of the devaluation of the character due to birds of prey. And I don't disagree. But despite only appearing in films that have disappointed, I would argue Harley is more well-known and beloved than characters like Shazam, whose films were successful. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, this is an interesting question because, you know, we kind of sat down and diagnosed and kind of did an autopsy of Suicide Squad. Why? did Suicide Squad fail? And we broke down. And one of the reasons I said was the only recognizable character to the general audience in it was Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn was a character whose value went down as a result of Birds of Prey. I thought her, her, her overall IP value, I called it the devaluation of the Harley Quinn character. Hmm. And so the general audience didn't recognize any of the characters in this movie. And the one they did recognize has been devalued a bit. So that was kind of my take on that. And by the way, Banana Apple sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Banana. So the question becomes, now with Suicide Squad kind of flopping at the box office, and we went through nine reasons why that happened, could this make Warner Brothers, DC, even Margot herself want to reconsider doing any more live-action Harley Quinn moving forward? Mm -hmm. On the one hand... I can see why you would think so, because, you know, people loved her in the suicides, the first suicide squad, even though not a lot of people liked the movie. A lot of people liked her, but it was very much a critical and and amongst the audience, a big disappointment film. I kind of liked it, but most people hated it. Then you had Harley Quinn, which I thought was terrible. A number of people seem to enjoy it, but it, it feels to me, and maybe I'm wrong, this is just my perception, it feels to me that despite the fact that it had some positive buzz when it first came out, I feel like that has fallen away. I don't hear people talking positively of, of Harley Quinn or uh, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley. I don't hear people talking positively about it anymore. So there's that, and now with this. But I would argue, I think they still see value in this character, uh, both Margot Robbie and DC. And by the way, Kevin Cow sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Kevin. Um, because unlike Birds of Prey mm-hmm. and unlike the first Suicide Squad, people love this movie. I mean, not everybody, obviously. No, no movie has everybody love it. But for the most part, the reaction to this film has been overwhelmingly positive overwhelmingly positive and Harley Quinn, while not my favorite character in the movie was a very strong part of the movie, in my opinion. And so what happened to the film was not a result of people rejecting the character of Harley Quinn. You know, again, Rob and I went through this big long list of nine different reasons about why this movie flopped. And when we even said before the movie opened, we said, we're really excited about this movie, but we think it's going to struggle at the box office for, all these different reasons. And sure enough, it did. So I think if Margot Robbie and the folks at DC looked at this and thought, well, this is because of Harley Quinn that we had this bad result. That would be one thing, but I don't think they're thinking that at this moment. So I don't think DC or Margot Robbie are going to be deterred from doing more live action, Harley Quinn, whether it's going to be Harley Quinn standalone or in more, um, uh, ensemble kind of roles. We'll have to wait and see, but I I think we will see more live action Harley Quinn with Margot Robbie playing it. When? I don't know, but I do think it's coming. What do you think about this? I mean, you've seen the results of Suicide Squad. I mean, you saw yeah. the movie. Yeah. And then you saw the box office results. Yeah. Do you think right now DC or Margot Robbie are second thinking whether or not they want to do a live-action Harley again?
1: I don't think they're second thinking it at all. No, 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 no. Not at all. I think um there, there does become an issue. Uh, I don't know if that's fair to say, actually. Of, I was going to say of oversaturation of a character where you're just like, ah, oh, you're everywhere, but you're great, but you're also everywhere. Um, like my grandma used to say, give him a chance to miss you, baby. Um, <laughs> like, like, give him a give, give us a chance to miss Harley Quinn a little bit because especially if you're you're rolling the character out in a bunch of stuff and one of it kind of flops. I don't want to say Birds of Prey was a flop. Personally, I really liked Birds of Prey a lot. Uh, I thought, yeah, I liked it a lot. However, give us a chance to miss you. We absolutely love her in the role. She's got so much coming up. I mean, you, she has enough material that she'll be working on. She's got Barbie and I, I don't know when they're doing Pirates of the Caribbean and or when they're doing the Wes Anderson film, but give us a chance to miss Harley a little bit. And then I think that, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about Gotham city sirens, but you know, Margot Robbie has said that she really wants to bring poison Ivy, uh, into the mix. So I think if she comes back again, it'll definitely be an ensemble film and there'll be some great casting for whoever I, this is what I think, whoever ends up being poison Ivy, but I don't think they're thinking that at all. People love the character, Girls love the character. Guys love the character. She's so perfect in it. Like, talk about perfect casting. No, we want more Harley Quinn. Just, just you know, enjoy the other projects and, and give us a chance to miss her. So when she does come back, we're like, yeah, here we go. We're excited, you know.
0: I, you know, somebody, who, who was it in the live chat that said it? Uh, somebody in the live chat and I missed. Oh, yeah, uh, Jackov says in the live chat, they should have made that Joker and Harley Quinn movie. I agree. This, looks. listen, I get it. I know, I know a lot of people did not like the iteration of the Joker in the first Suicide Squad movie. It is my least favorite iteration of Joker, but I still liked it. I still liked Jared. It was different. It was a different Joker, but I tell you what I loved, and I make no apologies for this. Screw y'all if you don't like it. The, that Jared Leto Joker, that Joker and this Harley Quinn dynamic was so gorgeously toxic. It was so beautifully damaging, codependent. It was such a car wreck to watch that I could never take my eyes off it. That To me, the one of the biggest problems or, or one of the things that easily could have made, I think, suicides, the first Suicide Squad movie better was if they had just given us more Joker with Harley, because to me that was dark magic.
1: I totally agree. It was dark yeah.
0: magic. I love the way they interacted. I love their characters together. And instead of having a legacy of Joker and Harley, and then later on having Harley trying to move on from that, they gave us a quick little glimpse of Joker and Harley and then everything is supposed to be post Joker. And I just personally think that Joker works better with his Harley. And I think Harley works better with her
1: Joker. And I just really wanted that to see version. That. Oh, my God. And of I, Joker works. I like him more in the scenes with her than yes. like, like I, I didn't even Jared Leto. I love Jared Leto. But even in uh, Justice League and the post-credit, I didn't even really like that. I was like, they're one, they're, it's like Bobby and Whitney. Like, I need y'all together. I need to see your crazy together. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I'd like to see more of that. Do now, you think they, we'll, he will return? Well, as? I
0: mean, look, we, we, he, he came in for the, uh, for the HBO Max version yeah. of Justice League. We saw that at the end there. Look, I, and one of the things James Gunn did in Suicide Squad, and I won't give specifics, But without saying Joker, there's clearly a scene in this Suicide Squad where Harley is directly talking about her experiences with Joker.
1: Oh, yes. Right? Yeah.
0: So I would love to see, I would love to see that by hook or crook, whatever, the two of them end up getting back together again. Let their madness be unleashed on an unsuspecting world. And then maybe after a full movie, cause we got so little of it in that suicide squad and, and that was all we got. And then they just rushed off and moved on from that. It almost when, felt
1: like it was 20 minutes of it or something. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, it's, it. it's
0: kind of crazy and I would love to see if they could do that. I think that would get a lot of people very excited about it. I just think it would give Harley more of an opportunity to really shine. I think it would get Joker the opportunity to shine. I, I would just like to see now. I know, listen, I know not everybody agrees with that and that's, yeah. Perfectly cool. And maybe it wouldn't work. Maybe it'd be completely true. Well, they've
1: they've done a good job of, because there's always that thing of, if there was a Joker and Harley movie of, I just want to see more of her, you know, and it's like, okay, let's give her a spinoff. So they kind of did it in reverse where it was like, let's just give you Harley. And now if they take it into, okay, let's put her back together. I think, I think either way, you know, if they bring back her and the Joker, if they do... Gotham City if they bring in Poison Ivory, but they're absolutely not done with her as Harley. People want to see more. I agree. All right. The question is for you guys.
0: What do you think about this? Like with the lack of box office success, which is a modern tragedy because Suicide Squad is so freaking good. James <laughs> Gunn just crushed that movie anyway. But with the lack of box office success with Suicide Squad, what do you think is the future for Harley Quinn in live action? Do you think maybe Margot Robbie and DC might second guess doing more? Do you think they'll push ahead and do more with her? How are you guys thinking about it? Jump down in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. And our fourth main topic today gets submitted to us by Harris Reed, who writes... Hi, John and Rob. Well, Rob's not here today. I was honestly just wondering why Free Guy wasn't getting a release on Disney Plus like Cruella and Black Widow did. And then like five minutes later, I saw this interview with the director saying that they only were ever wanted to put it on the big screen and that Disney hopes it could lead to a new franchise for them. What do you think of his comments? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, listen, you guys have heard me talking about Free Guy lately. I loved Free Guy. I, I, I loved it. I, I Listen, you guys know I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. I wasn't super big on the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, to be honest with you. I didn't like it as much as the first one. And with Free Guy, I thought the trailers were interesting and they looked fun, but I honestly didn't know what to expect out of it. And I went to go see it, and you guys have seen my reviews. I loved it. I'm like so excited. I loved this movie. Anne and I are going to go see it again tomorrow. The first screening of it, we're going to go watch it again. Then we're going to watch Suicide Squad again. We're going to do a double feature of it tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Very excited about that. Crazy kids, you. But the movie is just wonderful. But you guys know that some of the Disney movies, you know, Black Widow, uh, Ryan, the Last Dragon, Mulan, Cruella, Those went straight to streaming. Now, they announced a long time ago that a number of movies weren't going to go to streaming. Shang-Chi isn't going to streaming. Eternals isn't going to streaming. You know, all, yeah, better not, right? (laughs) But one of the ones that they (laughs) never planned to put on Disney Plus was Free Guy. That was never part of the plan to put that on Disney Plus. But why wasn't it part of the plan to put it on Disney Plus? And I think the why is incredibly fascinating And it gives us a little bit of insight into how Disney is thinking and what their decision-making processes have been like. Okay, listen, this comes to us from Sean Levy. He is the director of Free Guy. Of course, he's uh, directed a lot of really cool things. I love, I think he's a really good director. I'm enjoying him more and more. But this is what he said when asked about the whole situation with Disney and why wasn't it going to Disney Plus. And he said this. I think, well, two things. One is Disney. Shortly after they bought Fox, they came to a test screening of Free Guy. This is like a year and a half, two years ago. That's how that's how long this
1: movie's been sitting on the shelf. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer, and then, of course, we had that garbage fire. Ages yeah, ago, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Anyway, let's go it's back to what old. Sean is saying. So right after... Disney bought Fox. They came to a test screening of free guy. And I say, this is someone who, whether it was real steel or Ryan had the same experience on Deadpool two, where we had movies that have tested euphorically free guy tested like nothing to a number that neither Ryan nor I had ever seen. And the Disney brass was there at that test screening. So they always said through the whole pandemic, When we would say, are you sure you just don't want to show this to people on streaming because it's done, it's finished, it's ready to go. They really always felt that if Free Guy can get its moment in movie theaters and the audience can feel that excitement, that it could catch a tailwind and maybe even justify the existence of of other stories within a brand new franchise. It's a big swing. I've seen the movie play in theaters and certainly every director would rather have it seen on the big and loud, like on, in the movie theater. So selfishly, narcissistically, the director of me loves that. Okay, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Not because, oh, listen, a director says he would rather have his movie play on a big screen. Well, no, every director would rather see their movie play on the big screen. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is that Disney said, this movie's too good to put on streaming. We think this could be a franchise. And so even though Sean Levy was saying, look, we get it, the pandemic, if you want to put it on streaming, you sure you don't want to do that? Disney said, no, no, no. This is too good. It's too good. And we think this could have big success and lead to a franchise. The reason I find that interesting is because what does it tell us about Disney's attitude towards the movies they didn't believe in. What does this tell us about Disney's attitude about the movies they did put right onto Disney Plus? Because I'll be honest with you, other than Ryan the Last Dragon, I really, really liked Ryan the Last Dragon, like a lot. I thought that movie was great. Mulan was, I was excited about Mulan, but Mulan was yeah. okay. Um, The uh, uh, I almost said Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah, it was okay. Jungle Cruise is okay. My favorite one, biggest movie star in the world, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. In it, I always loved Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It was okay. Black Widow, I liked, but it's not top shelf MCU. Cruella was quite good, that was freaking awesome. I, I, I I gotta say, I really did like Cruella, but it's almost like what does it mean when Disney says to Sean Levy, he's like, listen, yeah, we could put on streaming, but this is too good. It, the audience like it too much. If this is in theaters, we think it can have the kind of success that we maybe potentially could have a new kind of franchise. So again, while I find that very interesting and certainly high praise for Free Guy, and believe me, guys, go see Free Guy. Go see this movie. It's really fun. Is it going to win any Oscars? No, it's not going to win any Oscars. But this was a much more fun time at the movies than I was expecting it to be. And there's some great one-liners. I wish I could tell you some of the one-liners, but I don't want to spoil any of them for you in the movie. But definitely do go check it out. The movie is better than the trailers let on. This This is one of those movies where the movie is better than the trailers let on. Because again, I, I didn't know really, I enjoyed the trailers, but I didn't know what to make of it. But yeah, it says something about Disney's belief in this movie. But again, to me, the bigger question becomes, Well, wait a minute. If you're saying, no, 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 we can't put this on streaming because we think it's too good and we think this could be successful and we think it could lead to a franchise. What does that tell us about the movies you do just dump on Disney Plus? Because Cruella was good, right? I mean, so I don't know. I just think it's a very, very interesting set of circumstances. And by the way, as of this morning, I just need to double check this here, but Free Guy, is also doing very well with the critics. Uh, free Guy, because, and I honestly did not know how the critics would respond to this because it is it's you know, so it's set in a, in a virtual video game world and it's lighter and just kind of whatever. I didn't know how, honestly, I loved it. I didn't know how the critics would respond to it. It's sitting at 86% right now it's which is much better than i thought it would be at. So nice. it's sitting at an extremely high 86%. So it's doing very very well with the critics right now, which is great. I think i give it like i don't give scores to movies, so i'm not going to say what score i would give it, but i loved it. I love this thing. Clearly Disney did too. Kim, when you hear Sean Levy telling this story about how about the motive the reasons Disney didn't want to put this thing on Disney Plus, what does that tell you number 1 about their thoughts about free guy. And then number two, what does that tell you? Or if anything about the movies they did put on Disney plus?
1: Well, I love that they're setting a standard because I think as the world is changing and we have streaming and we have day and date releases, when you truly believe in the theatrical experience, when you truly believe in that, not we're we're learning, especially with this lawsuit with with Scarlett Johansson, that with streaming, there does come a point where you have to stand up for your project and you have to put your foot down. And it doesn't seem like there was any you know contentious you know issues here, but it's almost like um, when you're starting something, and now there's the option for people to watch it on their couch or to have that full theatrical experience to walk into that theater, smell the popcorn, see that jazzy carpet that we all love in our movie theater and be (laughs) with your family and watch something that's a new concept, that's an interesting concept that has a hilarious, likable star in it. You don't want to sacrifice the possibility Of losing anything out of that theatrical experience to, oh, yeah, why don't we, you know, people can pay $30 or even worse, like HBO, they can just get it for free. No. If you believe in your property now in this new world, you're going to have to fight for it. And you're going to have to stand up for it. And I think it's great that they didn't put it on Disney. However, like you said, it does make you wonder. Because if they did that, if if Disney said, I like this so much and we're starting a franchise... How, to me, it makes me go, how in the world did you put Cruella on the same day on on Disney Plus?
0: Yeah, Cruella deserved better.
1: That is weird to me because, you know, there's been people that now want to see more of Cruella. There, you know, some people are talking about a sequel. But, I mean, imagine starting a franchise. Imagine if Avengers, you know, if if Iron Man 1 was, like, on streaming and they had this vision of, like, no, we want to tie in other stories and we want it to be this years-long theatrical experience. You can't set the standard by letting people just watch it over a bowl of cereal in their kitchen the first time they see it. So I say kudos to them, but to be honest with you, I I just don't understand that thinking because, to me... Judging by this standard, how did you not put Cruella? to I, or I, I the was used to watch Cruella. I mean, I ended up watching Suicide Squad at home because I had a headache and I was going to go out to the theater and I was like, you know what, uh, I'm going to watch it on my couch. Um, Cruella, I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember I had an inconvenience in my schedule and I was like, whatever, I'm going to see this in the theater. And I definitely saw it in the theater. So I just don't understand that thinking.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, again, like a part of me makes it sound like, well, if they're saying we got to keep Free Guy on in theaters only is because it's too good. Does that mean they don't believe in the ones they did put on Disney Plus? But Ryan the Last Dragon was great. Cruella was great.
1: So, I mean, I don't. Is know it the what politics the that happens behind? Could be the scenes. I mean, because Black Widow was a totally different situation where it was like that movie was. I mean, Free Guy was supposed to come out a long time ago too, but. The movie had so many delays after delays, and they're like, we have to capitalize because there's so many other movies that depend on what's happening. You know, you couldn't get the post-credit scene a, a complete year after Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, you needed that referencing. So, I don't quite understand. I think it might be the politics. From my limited knowledge of how all this works, it sounds like back back in politics to me because I don't understand how the team of Cruella was like absolutely not. No, you, well, you are know, not letting Emma, people watch Emma Stone this, may this on be their couch. bringing her own
0: lawsuit. They're, they're saying Emma Stone may be bringing a lawsuit against with Disney as well. I, I don't know what the status judging of Judging by is. Free
1: Guy, there, there seems to be a way to get Disney to go, okay, fine. And Theater the only. Way, how did with, you do that?
0: With Free Guy, I'm not sure how good Free Guy is going to do. Again, because like I don't think the marketing was great for this movie I just don't if if I wasn't already a like a pre-existing the thing that this movie's got going for me is it is Ryan Reynolds good Canadian kid so I'm I'm interested in anything Ryan Reynolds does but if it wasn't for that I honestly don't know because I don't know that the marketing's been all that good I haven't now I've heard from some people saying they're really excited for it but a lot of people I've talked to has just been like oh yeah there's that free guy movie and it, it's I just don't think they've done a good job with the marketing so I'm not sure how well it's going to
1: do I don't. Um, I hope it does well because coming from like, with a standpoint with kids, with all the films. I mean, Cruella. Yes, I had the option, but as something specifically that's only theatrical. I'm not talking about stuff that's day and date. I'm not talking about any streaming. I'm talking about as purely theatrical. That's the only way I can see it. I got to tell you, families have been waiting for something that's in the theater, especially families that are vaccinated and feeling confident, they've been waiting for an opportunity where all the kids can watch it and there's not going to be something weird like Suicide Squad. You know, mom and dad are going to like it. Mom loves Ryan Reynolds. The kids think he's funny. They see the colors in the video game and that's appealing. So in terms of a family as a whole, being able to have a theatrical experience, I think a lot of, I know my family, we're excited because we used to go to the movies all together, all the time with all three boys and parents and the grandparents. We used to love doing, you know, Sundays because it's five dollars. Um, <laughs> and I think families are looking forward to that. So I don't know.
0: You know, somebody, uh, uh, Carla brings up a really good point in the live chat. She's saying, well, the one good, really good piece of marketing was that. But it didn't get out wide enough. Was the Deadpool and Korg reacting <laughs> oh, that to the free guy trip? That was the most brilliant thing they did, but they didn't push it out enough. They should have put that in theaters. They should have put that on TV commercials, not just released it on YouTube. That thing, that was the best piece of marketing they had. Yes. And a lot of people have never seen it. But listen, guys, honestly, end of the day, Free Guy is coming out. It is an absolute blast. I've been telling people now for a couple of weeks, treat yourself Go to a double feature this weekend. Go see Suicide Squad and Free Guy back-to-back. I just think you're going to have an absolutely fantastic time if you do. Anyway, the question is for you guys. What do you think about all this? About the fact that it seemed like Disney was hell-bent from the beginning to keep Free Guy in a theatrical release only? What do you think about the responses the movie's been getting, get, been getting so far? Are you excited for it? Are you not excited for it? However you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your Thoughts? And by the way, Initial D sends in a Super Chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Initial, appreciate that, man. All right, guys, with that stuff down and out of the way, let's move on now and start taking your live comments and questions. If you wanna get a live comment or question on the show or an upcoming companion video, simply go down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link, use that there or you could enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on a show if it's appropriate for our shows. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved with The John KB Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, let's get on over to it, shall we? We're going to start things off here with Eddie Burton who writes, Do you think that Warner Brothers takes the disappointing box office results of Suicide Squad to heart? And cancel any future plans, like they did with Birds of Prey, or will they consider the circumstances and move forward with sequels and spin-offs? It's, it's really hard to say. Look, there are a couple things. You know, we went through this big list about why this film failed at the box office. And by the way, I saw uh, Suicide Squad weeks before it came out. I told everybody it's awesome, but I also said. It's going to struggle at the box office because it's got this, 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 this and this. I think they're definitely going to take it in consideration. The big question, though, is not how does Warner Brothers think about it. The real question is how does the CEO of Discovery think about it? Because don't forget, Discovery's about to take over Warner Brothers. That's right. Yeah, it's. I think they said mid to, by summer 2022, or maybe even the first. Part in Maybe even the first quarter of 2022, Discovery will officially take over Warner Brothers, and it's going to be up to that guy. I think they will understand that this movie was facing an ridiculous uphill climb, an uphill battle, uh, to try to have success at the box office. But I also think they're going to look at it and say, people loved it, it was a great movie, and we believe if we do another one now, it will have more success. Plus, now it's not going to deal, a sequel will no longer be dealing with the baggage of the first Suicide Squad movie. A sequel will now not have the challenge of that nobody knows any of these characters, because now they do. A sequel will be building off the strength and reputation of this James Gunn one. So I'm hoping, and what I think will happen, is that the guy at Discovery is going to say, yep, let's do some more. I won't know for sure for a while, but that's kind of my guess. Good question, Eddie. All right, next up, Ryan L. writes, Hello, John. I liked what you said about how we may see flashbacks to the first age of Middle-earth in the Amazon series. Would you enjoy seeing a War of Wrath put to screen, especially with, I never know how to pronounce, I've read it a thousand times, uh, and Caligon the Black. He's a giant dragon, for those of you who don't know. Uh, He's my favorite. Thanks. Um, I don't know, because now you're really getting into uh, Silmarillion stuff, and there's going to be some of that stuff in the new show, I think. So he's this giant, the largest dragon that's ever lived. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the first dragon that to ever fly in the world of middle earth. And he was this big destructive force. And the, of course the giant eagles of middle earth. I think they had something to do with beating him finally. And then his downfall ultimately led to the, the, the defeat of the armies of darkness and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, it would be interesting, but here's the thing. I don't get excited for movies for what the big battle scenes are going to be. I get excited for movies if you got great story. And does the great story then feed the action of a big battle sequence. So, I mean, it could be good. A lot of people have considered all that stuff very unfilmable before though. So, I'd be serious. I'd be I'd be interested to see. Have you ever read any of that stuff like I the, have not. So, it's not. it's just like if you think that the Lord of the Rings is dense, I mean, I I feel like yeah, once you get into some of those other getting stuff. Into it's, the it's, it's world, getting into the world, the world, yeah. It would be interesting to see what they would go with that rhyme, but it mm. would be interesting. It would be interesting. All right, next up um, Godzilla2000 writes Hey, John and Rob, I've largely liked the monster verse with King of the Monsters being the only exception. Yeah, I didn't like King of the Monsters either. Uh, but there's still plenty of potential with the new writer hopefully being involved. With new writers hopefully being involved and plenty of great kaiju to pick as villains, here's hoping they make better films. Yeah, of course, we talked on yesterday's show a little bit about the fact that the writer of Godzilla vs Kong said that there is many more plans for more movies in the MonsterVerse. Now, of course, it's interesting because after King of the Monsters, the MonsterVerse was going to be dead if they hadn't already, if they weren't already well into production on Godzilla versus Kong, they would have canceled that movie because Godzilla King of the Monsters was a flop. And they just totally would have canceled Godzilla versus Kong, but they were already spending the money. It was, it was already it was so already underway.
1: Freaking good.
0: And then it ended it up being so, so fun. It was so fun, and the success of Godzilla versus Kong has now led to more. So I am excited for them to do more, and it's going to be interesting to see where they're going. I where don't know, can we go like, though? I was going to ask you where where would you go with this world if, if you were that? <laughs> Rob suggests the only way real way to go now is aliens, because you can only yeah. do the whole. A giant kaiju was discovered under the earth somewhere. Well, we've done that a few
1: times. We've done that several so, times. So I don't know, which way would you take it? Oh, I think aliens too, for sure. Or or if they're, I mean, aliens, you can go the science route. Like they've, they're making something that will kill the, you know... I I just don't know because now that we've had Kong and Godzilla they've gone head to head and then they were buddies and then they were like let's get this guy together like I feel like you've done not everything because there's only been a few movies but in terms of that such a specific genre and specific storytelling and the greatness and the grandness I feel like you've had the crescendo and I'm just like so I think I don't know Creativity, maybe fleshing out the characters more. How about that?
0: Yeah, well, How doing a that? much better job because with the human characters.
1: that's where they're not that great. So they're, they've always dropped the ball with their go human characters. All right, next up. Uh, We've got
0: Godzilla Zero also writes, potential monster villains, Destroya, one of Godzilla's deadliest opponents, Gigan 3, King Ghidorah reappearance, uh, rebuilt Mechagodzilla, uh, Mechanicong, Mechanicong, Rob Space Godzilla; Robert piloting Jet Jaguar, and Robert as the controller of Planet X. There's one I'd like to throw in there as well. There was a really obscure one, but did you ever see it? You can look it up on YouTube. Godzilla and, and giant Spider Man. I'm sorry, what? Godzilla and giant Spider Man. So what? Spider Man <laughs> sounds crazy. It gets this thing where he j- grows to the size of Godzilla, and then ultimately, <laughs> okay. have you guys in the in the live chat seen this? Seriously, <laughs> have you guys in the live chat seen this? And then what, what eventually happens is Spider Man and Godzilla team up to take down this other thing. Does he ride Godzilla? (laughs) No, no, no. He's almost, he's as big as Godzilla. And in it, I'll just never forget. It's, uh, Godzilla in this fight does this big giant drop kick. Like, first of all, Godzilla, like does, like does Kung Fu. It's like, whoo, Boom, and then does this big jump up on his tail and fly across the ground with his feet out, kicking his feet as he's flying across the air and eventually slamming into the bad guy. And Spider-Man, then Spider-Man and Godzilla, choreography, standing side by side, both go, whoa, uh-huh. like this, right? Say so the Power yes, Ranger situation. holy totally Power Rangers. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. They may, so there you go. Not do that. Giant Spider-Man has got to be Godzilla's new uh new I thing. you know what would be funny
1: is if in um uh Spider-Man No Way Home he's having a nightmare and in his dream he's fighting he Godzilla that he and Godzilla are like ha let's do this yeah. and then he wakes up that's the only uh, way I will accept that
0: uh I could uh, I could work with that all right next up <laughs> uh, Fabian Vegas writes Ah, oh, crap, Dune is going to bomb now, isn't it? Uh, thanks, Warner Brothers, for releasing everything on, on HBO Max at the same time. Well, I mean, look, the HBO factor wasn't isn't the only factor with Suicide Squad. There are few hurdles that Suicide Squad had to deal with that Dune doesn't have to deal with. Most notably, Dune doesn't have to deal with the baggage of a bad Dune movie that was just out a few years ago. Right. That's something Suicide Squad had to fight against. And it really wasn't, you're right. Uh, Second, it was R-rated, which means it limited the audience. Dune's not facing that problem. At least I don't believe Dune is rated R. I could be wrong about that, but I I don't don't think think it it is. is. So it doesn't have that problem to deal with. So it is going to face some challenges of its own. The HBO Max day and date release is going to be the biggest one. Um, Also, other than the hardcore nerds, not not everybody's familiar with dune. And so that's kind of a similar problem that that suicide squad had is that okay people now knew the name suicide squad but nobody knew Polkadot man. The average the average film watcher, you know, in in Idaho has never heard of rat catcher 2 or has heard of peacemaker or has heard of blood sport or has heard of javelin or has heard of TDK or has heard of you know, so that's kind of the same thing that Dune's yeah, going to face. A lot of that Some people might recognize the name Dune, but not a lot of people are very familiar with Dune. So Dune, it's it's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to do great. I hope it does. But I'm telling you, that HBO day and date releasing that, that they're sticking to- That is the
1: to, worst- Oh, if I, I so wish we could go it. back and go, you know what, guys, this is what we thought the world was going to look like. And it's not turning out that way. It's hopeful. So, you know what? We're going to do. I, uh, I hate that. I feel like, though, um, fans are going to come out to see their favorite actors. Um, I hope so. there's there's. I mean, my mom does not know what Dune is about, but she loves her some Oscar Isaac. <laughs> she sure does. She's like, is, is my Oscar boo going to be in there? And That's look, what she look, calls him. And I was I like, am, yes, yes, She's like, okay, day one. Like, okay. I am
0: an extremely, boringly, completely straight heterosexual man. Seeing Oscar Isaac in that trailer, I wouldn't turn down a hug from that man. That's a handsome man. And with the
1: more gray he's getting, he's got that salt the, and pepper going. Oh my
0: god, the gray works uh, on okay. him. Hi. Like don't get me wrong. he's he's a handsome dude.
1: Oscar's oh, a yeah. handsome dude. You see him
0: in the Star Wars movie, he's a handsome dude. The gray the beer and a little bit of the gray in the hair. It's like the older oh, the better. Fuck you, Oscar Isaac. That's <laughs> that's kind of like my <laughs> Jason Momoa. Oh, uh, Momoa! Come great. on. Josh Brooks.
1: And I, you got the young, the young ladies that are. I, I feel like Timothy Chalamet is kind of becoming, kind of without the bad boy thing, but he's becoming what Johnny Depp was to the girls of the 90s. That was like Johnny Depp. I feel like Timothy Chalamet, if you're 16, 17, this is what I hear from the kids because I am so far from being a teenager. Um and the kids that I hear on the on the corner say, that he is the business. Are we still saying that? Um, that Timothy Chalamet is the business. So I feel like it's the ensemble cast that will bring people out if they don't know what the story is, hopefully. Yeah, and, and the other thing about Timothy Chalamet, I've been saying this
0: for a while. After I saw him in that film with Steve Carell, and then you saw him- Oh, beautiful boy. And you saw, who's so good in that. And then you, of course, saw him in Call Me By Your Name. And we've seen him in a few things here and there. I really believe he has, more than anybody else on the planet right now, he has the potential to be the next Daniel Day-Lewis. I really do. Yeah. I think this kid is so young, and he's only getting better. What is he, 21? Every, I think he's 21, 21, 22. I can, guys in the live chat, somebody look that up in the live chat and let us know what you think about that. Um, but I I look at this this kid, and every time Yellow Fash is saying he's 24, Oh, dang. Which is still, I mean, when you compare him to a Josh Brolin and an Oscar Isaac, yeah. this kid is so young. He's already done such good work. And every time I see him, he is better than he was before. The ceiling for this kid is mind bogglingly high. Now, he, he could stop developing his talent right now. But I'm telling you, I think this guy could potentially. As long as he be, keeps
1: making good choices. And I feel like yeah. he needs to go Gary Oldman on us. And the next role, he needs to be unrecognizable. Yeah. And then a bunch of people saying,
0: no, it's not. Some people are still saying 24. Some are saying 25. What He's 24, 25, whatever. It's a matter of months. But um, yeah, this guy has the potential to be, he could be, I think 15 years from now, he is the best actor on the planet. Hmm. Maybe even like five years from now, he might be the best actor on the planet. And 15, think- 20 years from now, he could be, he could be rivaling um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis for the, the status of goat. Like, I'm not saying he's going to, I'm just saying he's got that kind of raw potential. It's like nuts. Like watching him right now, acting right now, is like watching LeBron James when he was in high school. It's like, you can just see it.
1: That's how I feel about Zendaya. Zendaya. Did I say it wrong? I never thought so. That's how I feel about her. I never thought so. I feel like she's going to be, she's going to do some amazing things as an actress. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, yes. All right. Nice youngins. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, that was Fabian. Next up is uh, Ovi writes and tips in like $20. Thank you for supporting our channel on that level, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, writes in suicide squad was okay. Most parts were great and some weren't for me. For example, polka dot man seeing star. Uh, you know what? We're going to skip over that. That's just too much of a, uh, too much of a spoiler. spoiler? So we're going to go by that. Uh, I mean, look, it's on TV. So we're going to have a much shorter spoiler window, but you're going to open up spoilers. Probably next week, probably next week. But right now it's still probably a little bit, uh, a little bit early. Um, Ryan Loner writes as all the multiverse stuff keeps going on in the MCU. Keep in mind that it's literally all because they made the Hulk take the stairs. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, think about that. The Hulk taking the stairs is what led to him bursting through the door oh, at the bottom turns. which led to the events of Loki which led to the time splinters and all that kind they of stuff. They weight
1: shamed him.
0: That's right. They body
1: shamed Hulk.
0: Don't you leave Hulk. A but little? he
1: would have broken that elevator though and Maybe. Like killed everybody. He
0: could have just jumped. Yeah. I mean also That's he, true. He like you're the bouncing off jumped, of jumped the, out the, the working, balcony.
1: Yeah. Miss me with your tears, Right. Hulk. Anyway, poor Hulk.
0: All right, next up. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, did a double feature this weekend of Green Knight and Suicide Squad, both really good movies, but prefer Suicide Squad. Didn't realize Green Knight had such an all-star cast outside of Dev Patel, like Joel Edgerton, Alicia Vikander, uh, and Sarita Chowdhury. I don't, I'm not familiar with her honestly, oh, but I love her. Can, let's talk about that for a second. Joel, can I just talk for a second about Joel Edgerton? Joel Edgerton today. Other than maybe Ben Forrester, God, I love Eddie Joel Edgerton today me may be the most underappreciated star in this business today. He his perform you put him in an MMA movie like uh, what was it called Warrior? I think the one they did with Tom Hardy that was. Awesome. And he can go in there and look like a mixed martial artist and get in there and the he he could take like a fighting movie and make it a serious drama and make it amazing. I've seen him do light family comedy. I've seen him more do, do dramatic stuff. We've seen him in like a like as a as a military guy, we have seen whatever. Joel Edgerton and of course, he's the young Uncle Owen in Star Wars. Joel Edgerton is a treasure. He's an absolute treasure. I would still think maybe. I would still say maybe Ben Fo- uh, Forrester is a little bit more underrated than him. He's that dude's totally. He's
1: totally more underrated than him. He's a boss. Hell or high water. Are you ki- that that and that movie alone? I mean, not to get off topic, but gosh, did he play that role? I love him. And now, did you I ever see Three Ten to Yuma? Yes.
0: Okay, so this is how good Ben Forrester is. Ben Forrester is in a movie with. My favorite actor in the world, Russell Crowe, and a guy who was maybe the hottest actor in the world at the time, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, the two leads of 310 to Yuma. By the way, if you haven't seen 310 to Yuma, That's good, awesome. And then it's got Ben Forrester. I have no hesitation in saying Ben Forrester upstaged both of them. Ben Forster. Now he was given a really meaty character. For as a side character, his character was great. But he literally every time he was on stage on screen with the great Russell Crowe, the great Christian Bale, he upstaged
1: them both. That's how He's good deep. Ben is. He's, He's great. Deep. And I've loved him since Disney. He used to be on Ready or Not. I ne- did it really? Yes. I never knew that. With that girl, was it Busy or something like that? I
0: had no idea about yeah. that. All right, let's move on here. Uh, next up, we've got anonymous who writes top of the morning to you ladies uh this question is more about you john you've mentioned uh, in the past how's the dvt yes you experienced a while back is it all good now hope is as well yes i had what oh, is i known- remember that yes yeah. i had a deep vein thrombosis so i i was doing some yard work and i thought i pulled a muscle in my calf but it lasted like a week and it got where i couldn't sleep the pain was so bad i couldn't sleep so I finally went to, I started to suspect it might be a deep vein thrombosis because I had somebody in my family uh, struggle with something that was similar. It didn't end up being a DVT, but a lot of people thought it was a, anyway. Okay. So I started to suspect, I wonder if I've got one of those DVTs. So I went in, which is a blood clot in, uh, in one of your uh, veins there. So
1: Holy cow.
0: I went into the hospital one night because I just, I just realized there was so much pain, I wasn't going to be able to sleep. So I just said to Ann, look, I'm going to ch- jump the car, drive to the hospital because I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. So I, I want to go just get this checked out. And I went and sure enough, they said it was a deep vein thrombosis. Holy cow. And here's this is what sucks. So they said, okay, yeah, we're, we got treatment for this. We're going to uh, prescribe to you some, some blood thinners and things like that. But for five days, we're also giving you, they bring this case to me. It's a case of syringes and needles. And I don't have a problem with needles. I, I don't. I say, oh, I get stuck with needles, but they're like, I'm like, oh, you're about to give me a series of injections. They're like, no, 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 no. You need to stick yourself with this twice a day for the next four or five days in the stomach. You got to stick yourself in the stomach with these needles.
1: Oh my God. And I'm
0: like, excuse me. Because I have no problem getting needle. I can't. I couldn't imagine giving myself. But doing a it yourself. Is- I just. I just couldn't do it. So finally, I get home, and Anna's like, "Do you want me to do it for you?" I'm like, "No, I got to figure out how to do this myself." And it was just one of those things. I got the needle. Got my stomach. I'm like, "Oh god." I'd be like,
1: "Where's the tequila?" <laughs> yes. Knock me out first. Let me know when it's done. So
0: I literally just jabbed myself as quick as I could. Now, and thankfully I did because once I did, I was like, "Okay, that actually wasn't that bad." And then, you know, I injected myself, but still, even though every time I would do it, I would go, oh, that wasn't that bad. Every time the clock was ticking and I had to get, do another shot. I was like terrified of doing it every time, but yes, they were very, they, they dealt with the problem. I'm good. Everything's and fine. It's, uh, oh and it's my all, gosh. yeah, it's all
1: taken care of. So it's actually. Uh, Anyone who has to do injections every day, you're a hero. <laughs> some people have to do that. Fertility, insulin, you're heroes and kudos to you. Cause yeah. of like, I wow. am such a wow, pansy wow, wow.
0: because there are people who have to give themselves injections for various conditions. Yeah, that's amazing. Multiple times a day, and they've done it their whole lives. Me, I'm like, I'm getting myself heroes, with a like... in my stomach, and I was like, "Oh my god." No, uh, no. Anyway, okay, let's so move on here. Um, uh, Where where are we at here? We're at Scott Brown. Um, okay, I got to skip that, unfortunately. For those of you on the podcast, you're not hearing what I have to skip again. Sorry, guys. You can't write in spoiler questions, uh, questions that contain spoilers yet at this point. Um, Okay, uh, let's see. Your tribal chief writes, I asked this question to Rob, and now to you, John. With the negative critical reaction and lukewarm box office of Space Jam, how do you think this will impact LeBron's potential Hollywood career since he was both the main producer and star of the film? Oh, it won't affect it at all. Listen, Space Jam yeah. was bad. I didn't like it. I mean, of course, whenever I see a movie is great or sucks, obviously I'm just saying that's my opinion, obviously, right? Everybody knows. That. It's all subjective. Some people love it. Some people didn't. Whatever. I thought it was quite bad. And I say that as a LeBron James fan, as a big LeBron James fan. I will tell you right now, I thought Space Jam was bad. Is it going to hurt his career in Hollywood? Not in the least. Not in the least. You don't think so? The other stuff he's... Is- No, no, listen, he's never going to be an actor. Like he's never going to be a Hollywood actor or Hollywood star. I mean, so that's never been on the table anyway, not really. But he sets up a production studio with the money that he brings to the table and the name that he brings to the table. Oh, I guarantee you all the studios are lining up to do work with him. You bring If you got some name recognition and you're bringing money to the table, you can get a meeting with anybody in this town. If you're bringing money to the table, you can get a meeting with anybody. And so, no, this one thing is not going to not yeah. going to not going to be the slightest hiccup in the uh, upcoming you know, production career. Once he's done with his MBA career, him being the head of his own little production company and finance company, they'll they'll be fine. They'll yeah. be fine. At least as long as they don't put out like four or five stinkers in a row. But one movie isn't going to do it. It was high profile all that kind of stuff, but no, nah, it's not going to affect it at all. You disagree? You know,
1: th- I th- it just makes me nervous. I heard he was working on house party. You know, that is a classic kid in play. Oh my gosh. Tisha Campbell, the hair, the dance, the rap battle. It made me so nervous when I heard that he was gonna be involved. Now remember, he's not directing. Look, I'm a fan. He's not directing it. No, he's, he's not. not directing it, and he's not starring. He's not gonna be in there. he's oh, yeah. not. Yes, he's gonna put up money. <laughs> but it did make me nervous because I don't know when I hear his name related to film, my palms sweat. <laughs> and not in a good way. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to see tr- I trash the man. Nervous. But I just get I get nervous. far more nervous oh when I hear bro. that Dua
0: Lipa wants to act in a movie. That makes me far more nervous than somebody <laughs> with money wants to put money into a movie. That makes me far less nervous than some some musicians
1: make great
0: actors. I, most of them don't. Look most at Lady Gaga, Tupac Shakur. And- yeah, but for every one Lady Gaga you mention. We can mention 20 or 30 that tried it and it turned out that they suck. So yeah, Will Smith. Everybody forgets he started off he started as, out, as in, yeah. in the music business. So the Will Smith, Marky Mark and his Funky Oh bunch. yeah, the Funky. I'm Marky Mark and you're the Funky Bunch. <laughs> it's like, how did that meeting go? Hey, what should we call ourselves? I'm thinking... Marky Mark, yes. Should I wear my
1: pants the right and the way?
0: Funky Bunch. Or backwards? How did that lunch go? They backwards. <laughs> so, so you got a couple. You got. I mean, Lady Gaga obviously came out of nowhere. Freaking share. Oh, share oh, with I, Moon, she's gotta Moonlight. She's got to do another m- uh, movie. The last one I saw her in was the sequel to Mamma Mia. She did Mamma Mia. Here we oh, go that's again. Right? She's yeah, grandma. Yeah. She she wasn't great in it, but she sang great. But saying, I mean, it was a small room, mermaids,
1: moonstruck—that um, she did with Nicholas Cage. What's that one? She didn't she do one with, with Madonna or something? Like she that? also did the the elephant uh, with the, um, with Sam Elliott. Yeah, with Sam Elliott. Where they yeah. were bikers. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. She's
0: great. Uh, she's great, but again, she's freaking amazing. What, how many did we just mention? Four, five. Yeah, it's rare. That's true. It's rare. So I get far more nervous about. A singer thinking I'm going to be a movie star too And I'm going to act in the movie I get way more nervous about that It works sometimes But I get way more nervous about that Than I do about the idea of somebody who's putting money into a project yeah. Behind the scenes Yeah, I get far Because it's all then becomes about the directors that get on yeah. there And the writers that get on there and stuff like that So I get far less nervous about that But that's just me, that's just me. So let's see how that goes Alright next up Um Uh, Let me just make sure that this isn't a spoiler. Okay, yeah, it's not. All right, next up. We got Jonathan who writes, one of two. I saw Suicide Squad, great movie. Not the best DCEU. Yeah, I still think Zack Snyder's Superman is the best DCEU, but that's just me. Uh, For me, it's Wonder Woman, uh, the 2017 version. That's really good too. Patty Jenkins crushed that movie. Anyway, as I was watching the movie, I was sitting next to some dude and his girlfriend and he did not shut up. I realized then that the same day HBO thing is a good idea uh, and this is why. It's for people who can't shut the fuck up in theaters. That's how they should market it. Uh, you can't shut up in theaters. Always bring your phone to a movie. Get HBO Max and be a terrible moviegoer at home. You'll see your favorite movies <laughs> at home and not piss off anybody at the theaters. That's how they should market their same-day releases. That's not bad. I'll, I, I, love I, it, dude. That, <laughs> I love that. I got an email from somebody the other day who said they just brought up the thing about distractions, and they wrote into me, and I never thought of it like this but they wrote into me say, look, I hear people say that sometimes what they don't like in the movie theater is distractions. Like they can see somebody, somebody's phone turns on or somebody whispering or talking in the background, whatever. He goes, dude, I go to the movie theater so I can see a movie without distractions because at home, my phone's freaking ringing. Somebody's knocking at the door. The kids want something. Uh, something's got to be dealt with in the kitchen. Uh, when, like it, just, it goes, I go to the movie theaters to get away from the distractions. So yeah, somebody talking in the background, nothing compared to the distractions I have at home. Now, if you're a bachelor or a bachelorette and you live at home and you have the power to turn off your phone if you want to, and you want that experience a lot easier. But I will tell you what, as somebody with no kids and only a partner. I just got to make sure Anne's not around anywhere. (laughs) It's hard for me to watch a movie undisturbed at home. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, I'm just double checking to make sure she's not anywhere in the room. It's hard for me to watch a movie undisturbed at home. Honey, did you know that? Like I'm sitting there watching a movie and like Anne will come in sit on the couch beside me and just start talking. I was like, hey, did you know blah, blah, blah? And I'm just like, and, but John doesn't say anything because John doesn't want to die.
1: Happy so wife, happy life, that, bro. Right. So I'm better like, keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> I, get, uh, I
0: get my best, most uninterrupted experiences watching a movie when I'm in a theater. But that's just me. That's just me. Okay. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, next up. Uh, anonymous rights. Thoughts on Jungle Cruise's uh, 55% drop, second second weekend drop. Seems to be far less than what the industry expected. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, listen. So Jungle Cruise didn't have a great opening weekend. Uh, but its second weekend was only a 55% drop. Now, some people still say to me, whoa, wait, that's a lot. No, 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 no. Listen, between 50 and 60% drop under normal circumstances is still considered a decent second weekend. Now, if you have less than a 50% drop, that's considered great. If you have more than a 60% drop, that's considered trouble. But right in that range of a 50 to 60% drop, that's kind of where you generally want your movie to have as a second weekend drop. Now that number has been getting bigger and bigger all the time because more and more the, the movie going pattern is more and more people see movies earlier and earlier in their runs. Gone are the days that people went to go see a movie for the first time in its seventh week. Right. That happens very, very rarely these days.
1: Yeah. I, you know, that show on Netflix, um, uh, the movies, it's about uh, the movies that made us. And they were talking yes. about Pretty Woman, and they were saying it was such an unexpected hit that it played for almost a year. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. Do
0: you want to know what else? Let me bring this up here for a second. Um, so there is a movie that has the record for the longest run. That's what I was
1: just thinking. Of.
0: The longest run in the top 10 at the box office without ever being number one at the box office was never number one at the box office it was in the top 10 at the box office for 622 days what the what sorry that's how long it stayed in theaters i'm not quite sure how i'm sure it's a little bit less than that but it it was in the top 10 for like about a year and made almost 400 million at the box office, made 330, 368 million dollars at the box office. This movie came out in 2003, so in 2003, 368 million is a lot, and God. it was never number one at the box office. Do any of you guys in the live chat know what the movie is? I'm going to give you guys a second in the live chat to see if anybody can throw that out there and take a guess. I've already given you some tips with uh, some hints with the 2003 release date, but I'm going to see if anybody actually knows. But anyway, this movie. Was in an era. Uh, Caillou Caillou got it, by the way. uh was the first one to get it. Uh, Richest Movie Trailers also got it. Justin Riley also got it. So did Harvey Kong and a few others. It's my big fat Greek wedding. Oh. My big fat Greek wedding. That's okay. I cook lamb. Is, <laughs> um, my big fat Greek wedding. Was one of those movies that was able to take advantage of the era That's that it was in, Right. when people would just keep discovering movies and going through on its fourth weekend, fifth weekend, and it was sixth never weekend. number one. It was never number one at the box office.
1: I think because it was, it was, it was almost an indie, wasn't it? It, Tom it was Hanks, very low
0: budget. No, like it was, it, it wasn't going to get made, and then Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson came along and said, "We'll finance this." Yeah, and then they got behind it as producers on it, and it just became this unmitigated hit. Oh my God, guys, if you haven't seen That's, my big fat Greek wedding,
1: it's, I remember it was a riot.
0: Avoid my big fat Greek wedding too. You, you can avoid yeah. that one, but my big fat Greek wedding was so good and so fun and so charming and heartwarming. It's delightful. And it just kept going and going, and going, but the days of that are gone. You can't do that anymore because mm. with so many movies coming out now and with, the release schedule is getting more and more full. Even prior to the pandemic, there has been for a good 10 years, this growing, growing trend of more and more of a movie's overall box office is made in its first two or three weeks. And like after two, three weeks, you're just whatever. You're kind of done after that. You can, there's still some, except some movies continue to make money after that, but nowhere near it used to be the regular, like a movie can come out. And you could still go see it in the theater five weeks later. Most movies today, movies don't make it five weeks in the theater. They're usually gone by then. Yeah. So it's a total change in that, the movie going culture oh, at God, that point. I love but that movie. Yeah. So anyway, Jungle Cruise, a 55% drop, not great, but, but even by pre-pandemic numbers, that's decent. That is a decent number. So I think they should feel, I personally think they should feel good about that. Um, okay, let's see here. Next up. We have, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Guillerme Levy Costa Cruz writes, what three films would you show your son or daughter when they're 12, 18, and 25? That's simple. Star Wars, Star Wars, and Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. Star Wars, Star Wars, and Star Wars. We will watch them when they're two, Then we'll watch them when they're 10. (laughs) Then we'll watch them when they're 12. We'll watch them when they're 18. Then we'll watch them when they're 25. That's not a complicated formula. It's (laughs) Star Wars, Star Wars, and Star Wars. Do you you have have movies that you're like, this is the movie, or these couple of movies are the ones that I just can't wait to have a kid to share with
1: my child? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so 12... Actually, I did this a little younger, but with the boys, it was Sandlot. I think they were oh seven Sandlot's and eight. So great, they they were like seven and eight. So I wouldn't wait till 12 Some
0: say the Rockets lost a step or two. I think he still got some <laughs> magic in him.
1: But that was like we had to we saw at one of those outdoor park things where they had the food trucks. Like that was a I was like this is an event. This is a very special movie. We have to see it the right way. Um, Eighteen. I don't know if I need to wait till 18, but I'm going to get you sucker. Like, I can't show them now. They're, they're a little too young for some of the stuff that's in there. But that is such a freaking classic. Um, I want them to see that. And in terms of 25, for me... It's Goodfellas. I don't know that they need to wait that long to see Goodfellas, but I sure as heck can't show them now. They're, they're not of age. Yes, but you can show them the
0: good feathers now.
1: <laughs> you can show them the good feathers. <laughs> a lot of people, I, I
0: remember, like like a lot of people, it's like they had no idea what the good Goodfell- feathers were referencing. They were taking these pigeon cartoons in Animaniacs and totally oh, that- <laughs> play, playing out these R rated movie characters. <laughs> But
1: for kids, and it's like so many people. Oh never my got gosh! That. You just said that, and a bunch of memories just flooded. I remember that, and the pigeons, right? Yeah, because the pigeons. And the were one like, was, make they, you they all play, play different characters. One refuse. was uh,
0: what's oh well, what's what's the name of the guy, the the actor? He was just in the Irishman with Robert De Niro. Why am I freezing on Joe his Pesci? Name? Joe Pesci. Like, like even the even the thing is like, am I amusing to you? Are you saying I am a joke? And they were constantly doing that in Good Feathers too. And like he would always misinterpret something
1: somebody said, and he would start a fight <laughs> yeah. with them right? in the Good Feathers. So I am totally gonna go YouTube some Animaniacs because oh. I you just reminded me of that. But yeah, Good is one of those we've, that
0: we've talked about this before. And I am sorry I am getting sidetracked, but we talked about this before. But Animaniacs, like the Good Feathers, is just an example. They put in some very very adult stuff. In animaniacs, but they usually did in such a way that would just go harmlessly right over a kid's head. But if you were like a teenager, or an adult and you you're saw like, it, you're like, oh, I told you what? the, the <laughs> worst one ever. And you Not some bad. of you guys know the story I'm gonna tell here, but the worst one ever, or the best one, depending on your interpretation, uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are investigating a mystery, right? And they walk into this room. And Yakko goes, yep, yeah, Dominic got it already. Dominic in the live chat got it already. And, and Yakko goes, "Dust for fingerprints. And then a minute later, Dot comes walking in. She goes, found him. And she's sitting there holding in her arms the musical artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> she's holding Prince because Yakko said, Oh. so then Yakko goes, fingerprints, fingerprints. And then the camera cuts back to Dot. She goes, mm, I don't think so. And it's like, if you were a kid, it's like, I don't get it. What does that mean? And if you're a teenager, an adult, you're watching like, oh, my God. Did they just say that in a kid's cartoon? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Fingerprints, fingerprints. (laughs) Holy cow. And then, of course, there was always the hello nurse. Oh, yeah. But then all their songs. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Costa Rica, Bolivia, and Argentina, uh, Greece and El Salvador, too. And I, I, I remember it up to that point. But the Nations of the World song or Lake Titicaca, Lake Titicaca, <laughs> Lake Titicaca, you know. Um, okay, I'm going to have to review Oh, it. God, because I missed the of now you're bringing
1: back a lot of great memories. And I'm uh, going to have to come across that and... See if I can catch it. Holy cow. I miss Animaniacs oh <laughs> so
0: much. All right, uh, let's do one more while we still got Kimberly here. Uh, this one comes to us from Edward Wells, who writes, is a Dune sequel already dead in the water? If HBO Max continues with theatrical and streaming same day, Suicide Squad has suffered. Will Dune be next? I hate saying it, but yeah, I I, I think I, look, I'm not saying guaranteed, but I am fifty-two percent, which means I'm forty-eight percent hopeful. But I am fifty-two percent feeling like Dune's dead. We're not going to get the second film. Be serious. I I, I just think well, Warner about- Brothers has stabbed this movie in the back so badly, um, and undermined any chances it has for success with this idiotic day and date releasing that they're doing on HBO. I think they've killed it. I don't think it's going to generate the money that it's going to need to justify doing a sequel. And again, the only hope, I think the only hope it has is again, the CEO of discovery going, Oh yeah. Those idiots who owned Warner brothers before they totally fucked this up. We'll do it right. And yes, we're going to put the money into it and we're going to have Dune too. That's the only hope Dune has at this point is thank God. That somebody else came along and bought Warner Brothers and it's gonna be under new management. That's that's the only thing I can say. But other than that, I think they're screwed. I really do. What do you think?
1: I hope not. I have high hopes. I'm I hope that that their marketing, I when is it coming out? What month is it coming out? I think October. How long, how long do we have? Oh gosh. You don't have long, but I feel like you should push for this, like having the stars be like one of those, like, see this in the movies. Go to the movies. One of those go back to the movie campaigns. Like, I mean, it's probably too late to start filming that stuff. But I feel like there should just be this push of like, please see this in the movies. Beg if you have to, because I really believe theatrically, I don't care if I have a headache or what. I'm not watching Dune on my couch. But I also know that not everyone is such a film fan. And some people are like, I'll watch it in the house. I'll watch it in the theater. I don't know. It depends what I do that day. I sure hope not, but I I I would not I would not be surprised if the numbers came out and it and it died. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be very disappointed, but I wouldn't be like, are you serious? Like, damn, I really don't want that to happen. That Warner Brothers. Yep. Damn it. Yeah. Come on, Discovery.
0: Come on, Discovery. Come on in. Come through somebody. Anyway, uh, Kimberly, thanks so much for being here today. I know we've kept you a little bit over time, but where can people follow you and your adventures online?
1: Yes, yeah, so my YouTube is What's Good, Kimberly, and my Instagram is Was Good, Kimberly. It's W U Z K I M B E R L Y. Stop by and say hello. Uh, and hey, I just, out of curiosity, are you free to come and join me
0: uh, and Aaron tomorrow i sure am great well then we'll have you me and aaron on the show tomorrow <laughs> of course. All right. well, good to have you all right ladies and gentlemen Hi guys kimberly current thanks for being here kimberly all right guys listen we still have some time here so let's keep going through some of your questions shall we and we're going to go to the next one up and the next one comes to us from mischievous gremlin who writes Hey John, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. How important do you think next week uh, will be in what studios will do when it comes to their movies? If Free Guy does badly, do you think we can expect, expect a bunch more delays? No, I honestly don't. Um, and and here's the thing: I already think there is a chance that Free Guy is going to do badly, regardless of anything, because, like I said, I listen. The movie's fantastic. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's just a good, again, it's not going to win any Oscars. It's just a good, fun time at the movies. And I honestly have not seen Anne smile and laugh as much as she did in Free Guy. It's just a delightful, fun movie. But they botched not it's not the worst marketing like it's not the worst marketing campaign ever but they didn't do much in the marketing campaign i think to get people excited for the movie so i'll be honest with you i'm not sure how this movie's going to do anyway like forget covid forget anything else i'm not sure even if this movie was coming out in 2019 i'm not sure how good this movie's going to do it deserves to be a 700 million dollar movie but i i don't think i'm anticipating it being a giant hit I'll just be honest with you. I'm not anticipating it being a big hit regardless because I don't think the marketing did enough to get people excited for it. The movie as somebody who has seen the film, I am telling you this movie is way better than the trailers make it look. And so, uh, yes, get out there and, and do try to go check this movie out. Like I said, um, go check it out. Um, Go see a double feature. If you will, with uh with that and Suicide Squad treat yourself to a great time at the theater and uh and there you go I mean you know be safe get vaccinated all that kind of stuff but go see yourself a double feature Suicide Squad and Free Guy I think you're going to enjoy it all right next up um uh Purple Haze 4664 rights or 4564 rights one of 20 <laughs> John so I've seen um Uh, okay. It's not a spoiler question. All right. So John, so I've seen suicide squad twice now, and I'm trying to figure something out. Harley Quinn is a badass, more so in these adaptations of her in the DC movie universe. That said, how in the hell does Batman kick her ass so easily when you can see what she can do? I mean, he would at least not have a difficult time, but more of a difficult time when he would with the Joker. What are your thoughts? It's Batman, dude. Batman. Listen, Batman beats Superman. Like, let's let's let me put it this way. You take a guy like um, MMA fighter and and the guy who actually was my Muay Thai instructor, UFC fighter James Sandman Irvin, great MMA fighter. Uh, you know, while when he was still fighting, great MMA fighter. Uh, I used to take Muay Thai from him, and fabulous. So right, you put him, you put James Sandman Irvin in a room with a bunch of guys, he'll kill them. He will straight up murder them. But James Sandman Irvin also had the distinct pleasure of being the first light heavyweight in the UFC to fight Anderson the Spider Silva, a guy who some people consider to be the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. And Anderson, the spider Silva was the middleweight champion. And he decided, you know what? He, the problem was at this point in time, Anderson Silva had beaten everybody in the middleweight division multiple times. Like there was nobody left for him to fight. So finally said, Hey, you know what? For fun, I'm going to go up to light heavyweight and fight a light heavyweight. So he went up to light heavyweight to have a, uh, just to have a one-off fight at light heavyweight. And the guy he was going to fight was James Sandman Irvin one of the toughest sons of bitches you'll ever meet. Put him in a room with any group of 10 guys. Those 10 guys are all going to the hospital. But guess what happened when he fought Anderson Silva? Same thing that happened to everybody else who fought Anderson Silva in that era. He got his ass kicked. So you're asking, well, if James Sandman Irvin is such a tough guy, how could Anderson Silva beat him so easily? Because Anderson Silva was just on another level. He's just on another level. As great as James was... Anderson was just on another level at the time, so yeah, Harley Quinn is tough and and great and deadly, but it's Batman. Batman's on another level, right? Batman's just on another level. So yes, that's how that that's how that would happen. Um, okay, next up. Um, Hi, Joe writes. I believe the comfort level uh, people get at home cannot be matched by any theater, uh, such as being naked on a couch. Uh, that and and also dating movies has become a past thing due uh, to do because of the pandemic. No, no, hi Joe, you're completely wrong about that. You're absolutely wrong about that. Um, I still actually I know somebody's gone on a date tomorrow night to go see a uh, free guy at the theater tomorrow night, and they're going on a date. Uh, I'm going on a date. Of course, we're already married, but I mean, I know somebody's going on a first date to go see Free Guy tomorrow night. It's still happening. And the pandemic, you know, as more people wise up and get vaccinated, that's going to become less and less of a problem. But that said, you know, we were just talking a little bit earlier. Actually, let me find this thing here. Give me a second, because I just thought of a perfect analogy. I'm just going to see if I can find an image of this. There it is. Give me a second here. Okay. So... Um, yes, we've got ourselves, this, this to me is what I think about with people who like to watch their movies at home. This is what I think about. This is exactly how I think I look like when it comes to, do I have an option, you know, do I have an option to go out tonight or do I stay home and do the exact same thing that I did the last 30 days (laughs) alone? This is what I think about. That's us. That, that right there, that's us. (laughs) When I do it, when you do it, this is a, I've never understood that. Now, somebody else brought up, again, this is just my, and by the way, I'm, I'm just busting your balls here, dude. I'm busting your balls. We're having some fun here. Um, but it's like somebody else wrote in before and it's true for me. And it's not true for everybody. Everybody has different experience, but for me, it's totally, I have a less interrupted experience watching movies in the theater than I do at home. And I think a lot of people have that same thing. But again, to me, the movie going experience is exactly that. It's, it's the experience. I see Scott F in the live chat is saying, John, how did you get that picture of me? Well said, no, dude, this is all of us. This is all of us right here. Now. And again, this is totally me playing world of Warcraft right there. Um, but I mean, the movie going experience is also like a social thing. You know, I always say that when I wake up on a day that I know I'm going to the movies, it's a great day. Like tomorrow. I know tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up just with a skip in my step because I know tonight I'm going to the movies, right? But it's more than just watching the movie. It's also a social function. We go out, we get together with friends. We, we go grab something to eat. We hang out. And then we all collectively go in to watch a movie that honestly is an experience you cannot replicate at home. I've got a 75 inch, you know, 4K HDR surround sound thing in my living room. It's total dog shit compared to a real movie theater, right? I mean, you're going there, but it's not just you and your friends. You're surrounded by 100, 200, 400 other movie fans, and you laugh together, and you gasp together. I know I always bring it up, and it's a little bit of hyperbole, but it's, it makes a good point. That, just think about that moment in Endgame in portals, when the portals open up and the, and the, 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 those snapped away, come walking back through and the crowd goes wild. You know, I'm watching suicide squad and you know, something happens with King shark and it wasn't just me laughing. It's, it's 150 other people were laughing and having a good time and all that kind of stuff. But it's also just a good social exercise because when we don't, this is what we are. Like, Okay, we can go out and see a movie, or we can sit in this same ass stench indented part of the couch because we've been sitting on our asses in the same spot for four months and watch the same TV and do the exact same thing that we do every single day. To me, that... I, look, everybody has different opinions, and I respect that. I do. I'm just, I'm just expressing to you my own personal point of view, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit yours. I'm just trying to give you what my perspective on it is. And my perspective of it is it devalues movies. It lessens movies. To me, and I look, I understand not everybody thinks the same way I do. Movies are fucking magical to me. And they're not magical to everybody, and that's fine. I respect that. But movies are fucking magical to me. Movies, to me, take me to a different place. They, they, they broaden the imagination. They make us see the world the way it is, the way it could be, the way we fear it would be. It gives us ideas of the past, present, and the future. It's a fantasy, but it's harsh reality. It expands our imaginations, our creativity, all these sorts of things. To me, movies fucking matter. And to me... The idea of experiencing a movie, the way filmmakers intended them to be experienced, going. Kevin Hart has a great thing that he talked about the the actual act of going out to the movies. He, he does it way better than I could. You should go look it up. Anyway, the 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 eventness, making an event out of going out and watch like together. It's a social function. It's an imagination function and going out to me sitting at home in your gitch and just popping it on TV. To me, it lessens it. It it just, it just lessens it. Now, now of course there are exceptions to that. Absolutely. There are some people who like we have certain limitations and they literally cannot get out and go to the movies. Obviously that's a different situation obvious. There are people with certain phobias and obviously it's, there are exceptions. Of course there are absolutely a hundred thousand percent. There are, I'm not saying there aren't, I'm just saying for me, it's, it devalues the movies. It lessens the movies and it undermines your own personal experience of the movie. But again, that's just me. That's just me. So, You know, we could be this guy, and let's face it, I am this guy sometimes. I totally am. This is completely a self-portrait of me at times. It totally is. But there are days that I choose not to be that guy. There are days that I choose not to be that guy. Uh, So anyway, that's that's just me. Anyway, again, just busting your balls. We're just having some fun here, but that's, that's just kind of my take on it. I just think movies are too special. I think movies are too special. By the way, our friend Carl Bruce uh, sends in a Super Chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate that, man. All right. Next up. Uh, sorry, that's not the one at all. Uh, next up we go to uh, Anonymous who writes. Well, John, we have something else to look forward to in September. On September twenty third, one of my favorite DC shows, Doom Patrol, will be coming back. There is a trailer out, and it doesn't show much, but it's enough to get me excited. Have you seen it? And thoughts? No, I haven't watched it because I specifically heard it doesn't show much, so I, I didn't make a big point out to watch it. Doom Patrol is one of my favorite things on TV. Uh, the way I describe Doom Patrol, it's as if Kevin Smith built a house. And Shakespeare was the interior decorator of the house. That's the best way I know how to describe Doom Patrol. It's this ridiculous, bonkers thing on the surface, but it's incredibly deep. It's poignant. It's meaty when you get past the ridiculousness of the exterior of the show. It's incredible. I love this show. I absolutely, like, seriously, when you talk Doom Patrol, The Boys, and The Umbrella Academy. To me, those three non-mainstream things are better than anything else like DC or Marvel currently have on television. I I just think they crush, and Doom Patrol is one of those. I absolutely love it. I cannot wait for that show to come back. Uh, Cannot wait for that thing to come back. Okay, next up. Uh, James writes, What are the chances fall movies like Shang-Chi get delayed due to the rising COVID cases and recent box office bombs? Personally, if Shang-Chi releases in September, I think it might bomb or be Marvel's lowest opening. Uh, I I honestly don't think I was thinking for a while. um, I was thinking for a while that there was, and I even said on my show, I said, I I think there's a very good chance movies like Shang-Chi and others get pushed back. I, I really did think that for a while. But the more and more interviews that I'm reading and things like that, it, it seems pretty much like they're not now. Like, look, we simply, the only thing that's preventing us, like the entire country from being in the hospital right now, is the fact that more than half the country have been smart enough to go out and get vaccinated. And, and that there, and by the way, there are a bunch of people who aren't vaccinated who are simply not vaccinated because they haven't had the opportunity to. Like, they want to. There's not available yet. They're still trying to get vaccinated. I get that. But... You know, that's been what's keeping us from going into absolute critical meltdown again. And as more and more people, you know, the stats are showing that more and more people are getting vaccinated, which is great. We're heading towards the 55, 60% of the population. We're, we're slowly getting there, getting vaccinated. It, it just, it is what it is now, you know. Um, do I think Shang-Chi is going to open to $100 million? No, I don't. That being said, even if it was 2019 right now, I don't know that Shang-Chi as a brand new character that not a lot of familiar not a lot of people are familiar with, I think it would have a difficult time getting to 100 million dollars opening weekend anyway. Now, some of you could say, "But John, you know, Captain Marvel was a brand new character and that did big and had a billion dollars absolutely, but I don't think that's the norm." I don't think that's the norm. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be fine. I I don't think these things are going to get released. I used to think they were going to get delayed. I don't think they're going to get delayed anymore because, because of the people who went out and got vaccinated, it puts a cap on how bad this spike can get. It can only get so bad and bad is bad, but it seems like it can only get so bad because enough people have gone out and got vaccinated. But anyway, guys. Again, obviously, if there are medical issues and things like that, I I get that totally. Other than that, uh, I really encourage people all the time, get vaccinated. This isn't a political thing. If you're using political excuses to not get vaccinated, listen, Donald Trump was one of the very first people to get vaccinated. Donald Trump said vaccines are going to save the world. So if you have political reasons for it. Get rid of the political reason. Just go do the responsible thing. Go get vaccinated if you're able to, if it's if you're somebody who can do it. So I think that's just the right thing to do. So uh, me and Donald Trump on the same side on that. All right. Next up. Uh, Amber Sorosi writes, uh, where are we at? Uh, How will Tenet impact Nolan's career? This $200 million film was such a train wreck that it made critics in the general audience retroactively look back on his career and wonder if he's really a good filmmaker. No, it did not. That's ridiculous. I'm sure there are some individuals who did that, but that's completely ridiculous. That is not what happened. Uh, I have no idea why WB greenlit the script. Listen, the fact of the matter is the, a big majority of the critics and the audience like Tenet. Like, here's the, the problem, Amber, is that you're saying that as if everybody hated Tenet. Let me, let me see if I can bring this up here for a second. Um but I just remember like I don't think it got into the 80s. I don't think Tenet's in the 80s, but it's it's by far into the positive realm. Uh Tenet. Let me see here. Okay, so Tenet I know it's over 60. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Tenet 70% of critics like the movie, 76% of the audience likes the movie. Now listen, Tenet is not my favorite Christopher Nolan film. Tennis, not my favorite. I still liked it though. I still thought it was good. Uh, not one of his better ones, but I still thought it was good. Not everybody liked it, but a solid majority of people liked the film. So, in asking the question as well, uh, and you gotta remember, it was the only movie that got released like right in the heart of the pandemic before any other movies were coming out. I mean, there were a couple of, of small ones, but really it was X-Men. Um, uh, what's the X-Men film here? Uh, why am I freezing on the name of the one that just came out with the kids? Uh, not, It wasn't Excalibur. It was... Uh, damn it. Uh, somebody in the live chat is going to throw. New Mutants. Thank you, Anch. Uh, Anch put in New Mutants. So there was New Mutants and there was Tenet and that was it, right? But painting a narrative that like, oh my God, the movie was so bad. Everybody even thinks he can't, he's not actually a good filmmaker. Well, that's just not true. I mean, just look at the numbers, just look at the numbers. And on top of that, if you want to wonder if it's actually going to affect how people look at him, we just did a story on it where the head of Netflix was just saying, we will do whatever it takes to get Christopher Nolan over here with us on Netflix. We'll do whatever it takes, he said. And the reality is now that Christopher Nolan wants nothing to do with Warner Brothers anymore. Every single studio is throwing their biggest offers at Christopher Nolan right now. They all are. So if you didn't like tenant, I'm definitely not saying you're wrong about that. I did like it, but it's not one of my favorites either. But this notion that it was some horrendous black eye on his career, and nobody liked it, and it made everybody wonder if Christopher Nolan could even really direct, that's pure fiction. That's pure fiction every studio is making their biggest possible pitches to Christopher Nolan right now. Some have come out very public about it, that they will bend the knee and do whatever it takes to try to get Christopher Nolan. He is still seen as the de facto. He's the director in the world right now. I'm not saying he's my personal favorite, but Christopher Nolan is the director right now. It's him. And then there's everybody else. Denis Villeneuve. He's got a kind of a, a little bit of a claim to that. As well, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Spielberg. I mean, all that kind of stuff. But right now, he's, and Steven Spielberg's the greatest director of all time. But who is the guy right now? Well, the guy right now is Christopher Nolan. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. Anyway, uh, again, and I'm not saying you're wrong if you don't like the movie, not at all. I know a number of people who didn't like it. But the reality is the majority of the people do like it, and the majority of the critics liked it, and he is still the name. He's still the name. All right. uh, Next up. Uh, Let's see here. Ryan Loner writes, uh, speaking of older actors, I have to bring up Norman Lloyd. I remember Norman Lloyd. Probably best known as the headmaster in Dead Poets Society. Uh, He never, he also did, uh, what was the show he was in? I'm going to remember it. I'm going to remember, oh, anyway, uh, Dead Poet Society, he never got any really big roles, uh, but he worked consistently from his first film in 1933 up to his death uh, just this year at 106. Yeah, he was one of those guys. I'm just killing me to remember the TV show he was in. Um, it is killing me to remember the TV show he's in. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can bring this up. Uh, do, 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 do. There we go. Norman Lloyd. Let me look this up here. I'm trying to remember the name of the show. Well, it's St. Elsewhere. That's what it was. It was St. Elsewhere. That was big. I totally forgot. I didn't, I don't even remember him being in Trainwrecked. I don't remember him being in Trainwrecked. Anyway, yeah, the one big one that, of course, that a lot of people think of him in, you know, the old Captain, My Captain is, is of course, Dead Poet Society. That one as well. And you're right. He's one of these actors that doesn't get a lot of love. Now, other than St. Elsewhere, which I froze on that one for a minute, I couldn't name you a bunch of other things. But he was just one of those faces that you saw pop up a lot. You would see him just pop up a lot in a bunch of different things. Let me see if I can, you know, because you, you, I guarantee you guys are looking at him right now. It's like, oh, yeah, I know that face. Right. But maybe you don't quite remember the name and that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, that's, that's a good one to bring up, man. Thanks for bringing that one up. All right. Uh, let's see, let's keep going here. Next up, we've got Jay bling who writes, I agree. There's only so many monsters you can hide within the planet, but to keep the monster verse fresh, I think what's more important is that, okay, to keep the monster verse fresh, I think what's more important than the monster's origin is what it takes to stop it. So, still hoping for the League of Titans and mythology monsters. Um, Yeah, so again, this comes from the conversation Robert and I were having yesterday about the idea of, you know, where do you go with the Monsterverse at this point? How many more directions are there that you can actually... How many more roads are there to travel with this? And I'm not really sure how many more there are. And that's... Because, like, again, you've done the whole... There's this big Titan that's been dormant underground, and now it's been awakened. Well, we've done that a number of times now. Done that a number of times. And that's why I kind of agree with Rob that the next logical place to go is probably, you know, aliens and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, you got to make them interesting. you got to raise the stakes about what it takes to stop them. I think you're right about that, Jabling. I I think these are all aspects that got to be taken into consideration. All right, guys, listen. That'll do it for today's installment of The John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here, guys. I appreciate all of you. Thanks to Kimberly Curran for being here as well. And a special thank you to all you guys who sent in those live comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great, fun things to talk about. Number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with The John Campion Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, guys, listen, there are still more questions to come. Don't worry, we're going to pick up right where we left off. Always awesome to have you guys here. Tomorrow, it's going to be me, Aaron Cummings, and Kimberly Curran. Hopefully, you guys will come by and join us then as well. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for me. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.